0: Good afternoon and good evening. This is Dame's Takes, Episode 6, and I am your host, Damian Gordon. We've got a great week in sports as we welcome the return of both baseball and men's and women's basketball since we last spoke. However, I figured I'd talk a little bit about the news around the world and in hockey and football. First up a little international news. I know I don't usually give you guys international news I try and be a little better about that. I saw a very interesting case former prime minister of Malaysia Was the former prime minister of Malaysia was sentenced to 12 years for money Monday Monday money laundering abuse of power and Criminal breach of trust in the first case of the multi-billion dollar corruption trials now, if you haven't heard about this, former prime minister of Malaysia, um, I not Najib Razik. Now, that is a former prime minister who was uh, sentenced to twelve years. This is the first case, like I said, in the corruption trials in Malaysia. They had, or Razik had, set up a investment. Project kind of fund in Malaysia, and it was supposed to be for investment projects, supposed to help the help the people of Malaysia out. Ended up making, I think they said the the department, the U.S. Department of Justice said it was four point five billion dollars that was being moved around. That that did not end up going to the actual fund. Um, they said that Razik was said to receive about a million of a million dollars himself uh and it's I, i had heard nothing about this so i figured i'd help help you guys keep the keep you guys remembering that we have a whole world out there i know we have a lot going on in america right now especially from our people living in california i know we got a lot going on at home, but we have to remember that this is a whole world out there, and that there's a lot going on around the world, and that sometimes these things do affect us more than we think. Um, for example, this doesn't just stay in Malaysia. Goldman Sachs reached a nearly four billion it was three point nine billion billion dollar settlement with Malaysia in return for dropping the charges against the bank. Obviously, the the, the bank isn't really. <laughs> Claiming any part of it, they're they're saying it was just the prime minister. Like that's all him. We didn't have nothing to do with that. You ain't got to. You ain't got have no criminal criminal charges against us. We didn't do anything. But this is the first um, first case in the co- corruption trial, so there'll be more news going forward, I'll try and keep an eye out and and keep you guys updated on the story and. The more I hear, I'll let you guys know. But yeah, I figured that was that was a little international news. I know we don't usually do international news here, but I'm gonna try and try and keep it mixed up, keep things fresh, keep you guys, keep my loyal listeners happy, keep them on their toes. Never know what to expect every week. I might have something new for you. You never know. Sticking a little closer to home. Um, Robert E. Lee High School in Fairfax County is set to get a new name, John R. Lewis High School, named after the late congressman and civil rights icon. I saw that. I thought, that was, thought it was very interesting. I like that. I like the fact that we're getting Robert E. Lee's name off of the school because a good general, sure, cool, that's whatever. Like, why do we need an excellent general to be named after a school? Like it it doesn't make any sense. Like we have military schools. We literally have military schools. We have schools that would more so fit what Robert E. Lee did. If we're gonna name anything after Robert E. Lee, that's a whole other topic we don't have to get into today. But why high school? You know. So, and I'm sure it's been named that for the past hundred years. I probably should have looked that up, but I I'm sure it's been named that for the past hundred years. Like it's okay. I think he's had his run. Now, let's get into some sports. You guys know I'm not the most avid hockey fan, but I'd like to keep you guys updated. I thought this was very interesting. I'm very excited to see it, especially with the way the last expansion team in hockey went. The Seattle Kraken, uh, Ivy Blue, Navy, and Red hockey team will be joining the NHL for the 2021-2022 20, season now, I say, I bring this up and I say that I'm interested in this and I can't wait to see it is, A, I think the Kraken is a great sports team name, a lot, I've been hearing a lot of uh, bad mouthing about it, but I mean, you can do that for anybody like, the Nuggets, like, they're literally called the Nuggets, bro there's a lot of sports teams, if you look over the list, there's a lot of sports teams names that aren't that great, like, what is a Laker? I understand that we used to, the Lakers, excuse me, stop the the Lakers used to play in Minneapolis where they have the Great Lakes, so the Minneapolis Lakers, I I see the correlation there, but since they moved to Los Angeles, what's really the correlation between Los Angeles and Lakes, let alone, what is a Laker, like, but sports team names are always weird, they don't always fit, they don't always make sense, but... Like the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns mascot is a gorilla. That makes no sense. I've never even seen a gorilla in Phoenix. Never been there, obviously, but like, what? Like, gorillas in Phoenix don't really go together. What does the Phoenix Suns have to do with a gorilla? Anyway, point being, I like it. I think the I think Kraken is a good sports team's name. I think that when I think of a Kraken, I think of this giant squid, this giant sea monster that just ravages boats and ships and the most experienced um, fisherman runs into a Kraken and he ain't making it. So, I think a Kraken's a great, great, great team name. I, I'm totally fine with it. I'm happy to see Seattle getting um, some more sports since they lost the basketball team. Seattle is a good sports town. They care about their sports. They they go hard for their sports. So, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it because you we just saw Las Vegas get an expansion team in hockey, and they p- performed very well. So, I'm interested to see if this expansion team will be able to to make some moves and get some players and make some noise with their first season or in their first couple of seasons. But just expansion teams in general, it's just it's more money into the sport. It's obviously Seattle didn't have a hockey team before, so it's providing more sports for the fans out there like me. Like I'm, I just love competition. I just love to watch people compete against each other, no matter what it is. So even if Seattle if Seattle does make the the Stanley Cup in their first year, second year, I'm gonna be interested in that I'm gonna watch it. I always watch playoff hockey. I might not always watch hockey, but I always watch playoff hockey. So I think it's just boosting the sports adding to it and based off of what we saw from the last expansion team, who's still good, I, I don't I, I only see this benefiting the sport in in a lot of ways. And I'm excited to see I'm excited to see the jerseys. I'm excited to see how it all how it all plays out, how it all pans out. Next up, like I said, I will get into the NFL, into some football news First and foremost, we got a big trade, a big, big trade We have Jamal Adams safety from all pro safety Coming from the New York Jets to the Seattle Seahawks The Jets got a pretty good return Their GM today said that despite Jamal Adams always being outspoken and never really hiding his feelings about how he feels on the team, both individually or as a member of the team. Obviously, the Jets have not been very good since drafting Jamal Adams. And he, he's not quiet about it. He, he knows he's one of the best at his position. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. And he knows it. And he's not going to be shy about it. He's, he's, he wants to win. And that's what I love about him. He wants to win very badly. I thought that he was going to be able to change the culture in New York a little bit, try and shift the culture. And the front office would see how hard he goes and how good he is and just be like, man, we got to get this man some help. We got to get this guy some help and get get this guy in the playoffs get this guy into a better position to help us. Um, But like I said, he said that it wasn't about him being outspoken and it wasn't about him talking about whether it's the team or himself or his place on the team, his contract, whatever it is. He said it wasn't about that. It was about the return. It was about... Um, getting some good players in return for them, and and trying to expand the talent beyond just one person because it's football. You got fifty, you got fifty two man rosters, so obviously one person isn't going to win you a championship by themselves. So they went out, they went out and got some talent, they got some good players, they got some good draft picks. I. I was worried that this for whatever reason the market might be small for him but like I said he's he's very young he's a very good safety so and like I feel like he can anchor I feel like he can lead a defense and be be like I said be the guy to change a culture and make everyone on the defense better because he plays safety, he's playing behind everybody. He can tell, like, "Hey, man, I saw you doing this. I saw you doing that." And he's a, he's that kind of player. He's a leader. I think he's gonna have a very long, very illustrious career. And I don't see I don't see him not getting a championship. I think him going to the Seahawks is absolutely deadly. I think it puts at risk what I was saying about the Cardinals having a really good year and the Cardinals possibly going to the the playoffs this year. Um, that'll that'll have to be seen honestly because. With this pickup, the the Seahawks' defense is continuing to get better. It just gets better. And that defense is already going to be pretty good. And you have Russell Wilson coming off of an MVP caliber season. So if he can keep that up and the defense can be the Seahawks' defense that we've known it to be for the past decade pretty much, probably more than that, but the, for, for the last decade what it's been, then we might be seeing the Seahawks going back to the Super Bowl but they still have to worry about the division cuz like I said I, I do believe in the Cardinals I think the Cardinals are going to be a surprise this year for a lot of people and they do have to worry about defending NFC champion the San Francisco 49ers so they still got they they still got to go out there and play but it's going to be very interesting I think that, I think that, that that division might actually be the most interesting division in football this upcoming year just because I think the Cardinals are going to be good the Seahawks are obviously improving and the 49ers are obviously a very good team so things to be seen an interesting wrinkle from this uh, Jamal Adams situation is that Jamal Adams was pretty much he, he recruited, he he was recruiting he was trying to get, like I said he, he sees the Jets, he sees the talent they have he, he knows that the Jets needed to get better so he was very instrumental in recruiting Le'Veon Bell, the running back to the Jets now, a year after joining the team and going through some stuff, both with the front office and on the, on the field, now you have Le'Veon Bell, who's like, well, I came here to be with you, dog, because like, like I'm saying, I'm, sh- I'm sure Le'Veon Bell saw the same thing I'm seeing. You can change a culture. You can lead a defense and make and, and, and shore up some players and help players get better and really help out a defense. I'm on the offensive side of the ball, but like I got the, I'm gonna try my best to help the offense. You gonna do your best to try and help the defense, and now you're gone. So, you recruited me here just to leave. It's like if KD would have recruited somebody to the Thunder, and it, it isn't, obviously it isn't, isn't exactly the same. But it's like, bro, like how you gonna tell me to come over here and then you gonna get mad and be out of here like the next year? Like that's it's just cold. And hey, I mean the the Jets still suck, even with both of them. So <laughs> I understand why he had to get out of there, but it is an interesting recoil and we'll see how that will go forward. I think if I don't I don't know if the Seahawks and Jets are on the schedule to play each other, but that would be a very interesting game. Obviously they would have a little a little feud going between them. In other news I'll go I'll go um social first. Falcons offensive guard Jamon Brown, where Brianna Taylor's name on his helmet this season uh, Jamon Brown is a Louisville native and he says that since Brianna Taylor's death he's actually had multiple conversations with his mother with not his with her mother and That he actually knows a lot of people who knew Brianna Taylor before her um, Unfortunate demise uh, I think there's a very good it's a very good showing I'm, I'm interested to see how exactly he's going to do, exactly do it I figured he was going to have her name kind of on the back of the helmet where they kind of have that like white part at the bottom of the helmet where there's usually nothing there I think it might be a brand, that, a brand name that's usually there but I love um, keeping the awareness keeping the conversation going making sure people don't forget and I do believe that this is all going to result in the police officers being arrested. I understand it seems like if it hasn't happened yet, it's not gonna happen, but social pressure works. Social pressure really does work. <laughs> it truthfully does, and enough too, too much of it, enough of it continuously is going to make, is going to exact some kind of change. It's going to make a difference. It's going to, at a certain point, they they have to listen to us. They just, they can't not listen. They're going to have to listen. So I think that it's absolutely a spectacular idea. I can't wait to see how how it's going to continue going forward. And I'm happy to hear that the NFL didn't block him from doing it or the NFL didn't have any gripes or have anything to say about it, really. Uh, This is totally in bounds. Obviously, their their partnership with Jay-Z, they're saying that they're trying to put their best foot forward and, and be a part of the change and be a part of the social of of creating this social awareness that we're now seeing a lot more of speaking of the nfl will have messages that read in racism and it takes all of us around their um bordering the end zones for the opening week i thought it was interesting that they said the opening week because that to me means that going forward they will not keep it which again like i this isn't something this isn't a one week thing this isn't a one day thing this isn't a one month thing this is People's lives. This is real life. Real life that, that people have to deal with every day. Seriously, like people have to deal with this every day. This, this is like this is life. Like you only get one of those, and we're talking about people being in fear of their lives. And like the NFL has this message that's going to say it takes all of us, but it's taken them about four years to even do all this to even act like they care. I still am very uncomfortable with the NFL and everything that's happened with Kaepernick. I don't. I think that a lot of this stuff is a, just a backhand and a slap to our faces because we were there. Like I was, I was there the whole step of the way, and I remember every little bit about it. Like this whole Kaepernick situation is absolutely ridiculous, and the fact that this league can even try and act as though they're on a, on the side of the people after such blatant disregard is sickening because this is the same league that helped to shift the conversation from racial inequality and police brutality to the flag to the anthem like come on now man like you guys are the same people who had multiple owners saying my players won't kneel my players won't disrespect the flag like the tone deafness from grown men, you are not, this isn't college, and this isn't the college players we're talking about. We're talking about grown men. We are talking about dudes who are in their 50s and up, if even 50s, they're, you y'all, know, and I mean, maybe that's part of the problem, but we are talking about people who've been on this earth for way too long to be trying to act like they're this ignorant. You're not ignorant, you're just ignoring. <laughs> you're not, you're not ignorant, you're just ignoring. 're you're, th- you're ignoring what you said. You're ignoring what you did. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Caps still don't have a job for whatever reason, and obviously those, those things have their their own their own, what's the word I'm looking for? Like cap's going to want his money. Even that, like, we don't know how much money Cap is asking for. We don't know how much they're willing to pay him. We don't know if he needs to start, if he wants to start, if he's willing to go to a quarterback competition. We don't know the ins and outs of the negotiations. So when I was just having an argument about – I was just talking to – well, not necessarily an argument. I was talking, Me and my friends were just talking about um, what took Melo so long to get signed, what took Jamal Crawford so long to get signed, and what and what took JR Smith and Deion Waiter so long to get signed. It was a little bit of a different conversation in terms of getting signed, but we still had to bring up the fact that we don't know how that works in terms of how much money they want, what kind of role they want to play on the team, those kind of things, and those things matter, and the kind of team you're going to play for. Because not everybody, like I was saying, Carmelo Anthony's not going to just go play for the Hornets. At the time, obviously, he was just looking for a job, so yeah, maybe. But Carmelo Anthony has a legacy. He's trying to add a championship to that because that's that's the only thing he ain't got besides an MVP. Besides a little more individual hardware, the only thing Mello ain't got is a ring. He got Olympics. He got a college chip. Like, he's a bucket. <laughs> he done got, he done made more money than, a lot of us will ever see in our lives so Melo's straight Melo's good his legacy even is very good and he's in the air he's playing in an era where he has a lot of players at his same position who are better than him so it, it's disappointing you, you, you hate to see it but it's a reality situation and like i said i feel like carlo uh, carmelo wouldn't just go sign with the hornets just to sign with the Hornets like he wants to try and go for a championship he still wants to go play for a team that's contending that's gonna at least go to the playoffs and even like the trailblazers like he's trying to make a difference on that team he's trying to show like hey this team got it and I'm a part of what they got and we gonna mess around and beat y'all all to say again we don't know what goes on in those negotiations but it's absolutely ridiculous that doesn't have a job yet, especially with Nathan Peterman still having a job. Brian Hoyer still having a job. There are terrible quarterbacks in the NFL. There are absolutely terrible quarterbacks in the NFL and it is absolute blasphemous that a quarterback that led a team to the Super Bowl, good defense or not, a quarterback that led his team to the Super not even good defense, because that kid was balling that year. A guy, a man, a quarterback who led his team to the Super Bowl somehow is out of a job now while we have all these bums walking around taking backup jobs. Why? Because they sit there and listen? Like, like, Kaepernick is going to sit there and listen? Like, he's a quarterback. He still follows the, 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 the mold of the team. He's still a football player. Like, he's not just this martyr who's going to come in and destroy your football team so y'all don't win a championship this year. Like, come on now. And half you literally have absolutely no chance of winning a championship anyway. So, this is absolutely ridiculous, And again, I say, this is the same league that we saw say all these ridiculous things, do all these ridiculous things. And then now they have the audacity to say, well, we're trying to be better. Oh, well, we're I like that. I like being better. I like trying to be better. But let's acknowledge your past. Acknowledge the problem. Acknowledge the things that you said that were absolutely blatantly incorrect and absolutely just blatantly ignorant. Absolutely ignorant. This, the whole thing about turning the whole, kneeling into about the anthem and about the flag is absolute ignorance. And anyone who tr- tried to provide that argument isn't listening. Either isn't listening or purposely is choosing to ignore. And either way, it's disgusting. Moving on. The NFL has a list of players that keeps on growing as we get closer to training camps as we get closer to possibly having football this year the list of players opting out is growing and growing by the minute by the second Uh, we had our first on i believe the 25th so about three three days ago we had our first player opt out and since then we've had almost a dozen added to the list half of them being patriots Patriots are now going to be down six players who have all opted out, whether it be due to their own personal health conditions. One of them was a, a cancer survivor, so obviously he's a little more at risk. Um, Dante Hightower, absolutely immaculate um, linebacker for the Patriots, starter, of course. He has a newborn, so he can't risk these things, and he's opted out. And that's very real. These are all very, very much grown men who have families to think about, and even being in a situation where your your health or someone near youth health could be even more at risk whether it be for diabetes whether it be a cancer survivor whatever it may be you cannot put your family in these positions especially in a sport considering that football seems to be the only sport that's not going to have a bubble which i'm completely flabbergasted by because how w- what you need to i i, I, I will see we are literally going to have to see I, I guess football is too big of a sport to have a bubble but how do you how are you going to be able to play these sports without a bubble it is to be seen but it's really like the football players feel like they're not being protected and they feel like their health is not the number one priority here and it doesn't look like it is because how are you going to keep all these people safe with the NFL, as usual, we'll see. Alrighty, I figured I'm. Um, football is an exhausting sport. It looks exhausting, but it's exhausting me out sitting here talking about it. So we're gonna go ahead and move forward. I'm gonna go ahead and transition into baseball. a uh, Little ironically, I'm gonna talk about a football player in baseball. <laughs> Son of former major league pitcher um, Patrick Mahomes and half a billion dollar man. I guess he's spending his money wisely, is now a part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Patrick Mahomes is, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback for the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs. He was a Super Bowl MVP. He just got a very extensive, very large, very well-deserved half a billion dollar contract from the Chiefs for his efforts. Like I said, he's putting his money to good use. He's he's putting it in the right places. Um, I actually was just recently talking to a friend of mine, and he was um, asking about. um, He was asking. I think it was about. I think it was because of. um, Well, I'll I'll get to it a little later. But I think it was because of. We were talking about Kevin Garnett buying the, buying the Timberwolves, and putting in a bid to buy the Timberwolves, and he was saying that. What if, like, LeBron or KD, what if a current player got involved and started just adding their money to the fold? And I was like, whoa, 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 it's actually not allowed. You can, as a, as a current player in a sport, you can purchase part of a team outside of your sport, but you cannot buy the team you're playing for. Like, you can't buy ownership into the team you're playing for or into the team, into the league. It just causes for um, conflicting interests, of course. Now... Moving forward with um, baseball returning this this week, I caught a a game or two. I tried to I'm trying to be on top of things and try and watch some games to give you guys some footnotes, some highlights and things like that. I watched um, the Dodgers and the Giants play before the game. Coaches and players held a rope that was used to symbolize unity. Again, like I said previously on a a previous episode, manager for the Giants, Gabe Kapler, and some players as well, uh, kneeled during the National Anthem. Mookie Betts for the Dodgers also kneeled during the National Anthem. Um, Besides that, getting into actual baseball, the Giants aren't going to be very good at all this year. I think I might have said they might have been good. I forgot that Buster Posey had opted out when I was giving my MLB preview. I think I might have said they might have been decent. But, yeah, the Giants aren't going to be very good at all. They're not going to be good at all unless someone on that team can start pulling—unless they have multiple players pulling off all-star level season that we are not expecting, the Giants aren't going to be very good. On the ob- complete opposite side of the spectrum, the Dodgers and Yankees look kind of—looking kind of stout, looking kind of, looking kind of nice so far. Well, obviously— health and wealth you know that's, that's all you can wish for as um a sports team but so far this is looking i'm feeling very good about my prediction of yankees versus dodgers in the world series they're both looking very good looking very stout i also thought the braves were looking really good you know with young teams like that you're kind of not necessarily worried about a sophomore slump but you are worried about when they do go cold and how they do respond to going cold because they're young kids because for them this might be their first, second there might be their first real cold streak or cold slump in the big leagues. So that's an adjustment. That that is something that you have to adjust for. And I mean, I don't I don't see the Braves really going through that. I think the Braves are gonna be very good this year. I think they are going to take that division and it's gonna be very interesting. Speaking of that division, Juan Soto, the absolute monster, the the phenom from the Washington uh, Nationals—he was out. He's been out with after testing positive for Corona. Um, the Nats are definitely going to miss him. He's a, he's a monster. He's looking like one of the better players in the league, despite being so young. Speaking of, like I said, the the NL East and Corona, the Miami Marlins are now at 17 players and coaches. Well, I think I should just say 17 um, employees related to the team testing positive for coronavirus. Now, the Marlins just played against the Phillies this past weekend. The Phillies so far had a round of testing for their coaches and players. They have had no positive tests, luckily, but the Yankees and Phillies games for today tuesday and yesterday monday were both postponed while testing is going on while they try and make sure everyone's good and a lot of people say like oh see this is the problem this is this is the problem and it's like well no this is showing that this is a good thing like this this is showing that the protocols are working that the the and it's like not necessarily that they're working in stopping 17 different employees from getting it but it's working in only the marlins are getting it like the marlins got it and the phillies didn't get it so that means to that extent it's working a little bit you've i don't know if anyone if everyone's been watching but we've had baseball players running the bases with masks on it's a little it's a little weird looking it definitely is but it, 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 we've seen some of them doing it and some of them not doing it. You've seen some of them wearing the mask, it's just pulled down. And I understand communicating, and especially, I mean, you don't have fans now to, to drown you out, but with such a large field in baseball, you have to communicate, and sometimes you got to pull your mask down, especially on defense. You got to pull your mask down and communicate, talk about adjustments and things like that. However, that I was watching ESPN this morning, and they made a very good point saying that it's either all or nothing. Like, this is very serious. This is still a virus. People have families. People are People's livelihoods are on, on the line. And people are out here because their livelihoods are on the line. And they don't want to go and take that to their families. They don't want to go and, and and put that out in the world. They don't want to... This is a very serious thing that we're all still dealing with. Not just the sports world. The world is still dealing with this. So people want it to be taken seriously. And it is... It has to be all or nothing. Like... If y'all want to play, if y'all want to have a full season, we're, we're only like the first week in the baseball. We have a whole team pretty much getting the virus. However, um, baseball's commissioner, um, Roger, I believe it's, I, I wanted to say Robert, but I'm pretty sure it's Roger. Um, Roger Manford said that the product, this, this, they planned for this, that the, that the The Marlins' season isn't dead. Let's be honest. We weren't thinking the Marlins were going to be like this spectacular team in the first place. We were not expecting the Marlins to make any noise this year. But you still want the team to be competitive. You still want them to be trying to put their best foot forward. Missing 17 players, no matter who they are, is a big hit. Now, this year, as a part of everything, teams were allowed to have a 60-man roster. So missing 17 out of 60 players... In a sport where you're only playing nine at a time, technically 10, because now everyone has a DH this year, where you're only playing 10 players at a time, technically, you only have to have 10 players for the game, in a sense. Maybe a little more. Obviously, you need like relief pitching, and you need backups, and things like that. So, let, let's let's add a little more. You really only need 20 players, and you have a 60-man roster. You are down to 30-year roster. That's a big chunk, but they definitely plan for this. And... The commissioner thinks that this isn't – so far he's saying that this is not uh, the doomsday. This is not a nightmare scenario and that uh, they can still play baseball and that they, they just got to – they got to test. They got to quarantine. They got to do what's necessary to get everyone back to playing. And unf- I, I, w- I don't really want to say unfortunately because I feel like the coronavirus is now is another injury. Like, the coronavirus is like a blister, like, for a pitcher, like – it's just another injury added to the list. So like I was saying earlier with the the Dodgers and the Yankees and the the top teams in sports, like you want health and now avoiding coronavirus is a part of that health that you want as a team so that you can go win a championship. Cause even the the thing about it is God forbid you really feel the effects of it, but if you don't feel the effects of it, you still have to be quarantined. You still have to be away from everyone. You just have to be away from the game. You have to be away from your teammates. You have to be away, and in some cases, like we're seeing in basketball with Lou Williams, which I'll get to later, like we're seeing with uh, Lou Williams in basketball, now you have to po- quite possibly miss our first two games for seeding. We we don't really need that right now, man. Like we don't, we're we're trying to hold on to the second seed. We don't need you being gone. We're trying to get some good momentum at the beginning of this baseball season, now we're missing 17 of our players, so it, it, it just goes, and it goes into health, like, you still want your team to be healthy, and it, it's just, a Florida's been getting it pretty bad, so I'm not really surprised that the Miami Marlins are having this problem, but, it is a problem that's going to have to be fixed, and if it gets too bad, if there's too many players, too many coaches, too many personnel for the team that aren't available, then what are they going to do? How are you going to put that team out there? How are you going to just tell them to cancel, to postpone their games, especially now you're, you've already postponed two other games because of this? So you got to make that up now in what's already a shortened season and what's already... Like how did you did? They, I'm not even sure if they left time for themselves to make up these games. So it's to be seen, and I, I'm very interested. Moving on in baseball, the catcher who knelt at the beginning of kneeling, really, Bruce Maxwell has been signed by the New York Mets. Uh. Maxwell hasn't played in the majors since 2018 with the Oakland Athletics. He was the first Major League Baseball player to kneel during the, during the National Anthem after President Donald Trump's comments that players who knelt should be fired. Um, Bruce Maxwell actually said earlier this month that he's still pretty bitter over the lack of support he's received from NFL players and general managers at the time obviously we're seeing everyone trying to make more of an, and this is what I'm talking about we're seeing everyone trying to make more more of an effort more, yeah that's exactly what I'm looking for, more of an effort to be socially aware of what's going on and to really make everyone aware and try and make a change in the world but again, let's go ahead and And pull out those demons from the closet and talk about Boston, or even baseball in general. Not even just Boston, but baseball in general having a bit of a race issue, both for the players and for the fans. Because we have players like Adam Jones, who said they used to go to Boston, and he played in a division where he had to play Boston, what, 12 times a year? He had to play against Boston 12 times a year. And whether he's in Baltimore or he's in Boston, he has Boston fans. Just berating him with racial insults, insult. and of course, as players always do, you get, you see him, you point him out, and you get him kicked out, because you had that power, so you can get him kicked out. But it's still a problem. And he, like I said, he hasn't been in the majors for two years. I'll be, I'll be the first to say that this isn't just like a race thing. Bruce Maxwell isn't this awesome great player, but baseball is a sport of depth. It's a sport of having players, and Bruce Maxwell was. A, a major league baseball player. He's not the greatest, but he deserves to be at that level. He hasn't had a job in two years. I wonder why. So it. Um, again, I mean. See, and this is a, another very good, very good wrinkle. I'm glad I kept, I kept going. This is a, a good wrinkle. In the story, Maxwell, his agent, and Athletics president uh, Billy Bean. Acknowledged that Maxwell didn't declined an opportunity to return to the A's in spring training this year before the coronavirus pandemic. But like he said, the man's bitter. <laughs> he said he's bitter, and I'm not hiding it. He didn't want to come back to the sport because the sport didn't do nothing for him. And it's taken him just now, like just now he got he just got signed. He refused an opportunity. Yes, cool, rad, awesome. But that's an opportunity that came two years later from the same team that let him go so now two years later y'all just need me again like come on man like I appreciate the efforts I really do but it's like your bull. like if you have a bully in school if you've been getting bullied at school you're getting bullied you're getting bullied you're getting bullied and at one point your bully just flips the switch and is like man bullying is so bad Bullying is so wrong. People should never be bullied. We should be friends. We should be really cool. I'm going to start looking out for you. Like, bro, you've been my bully for the past three years. Are you kidding me? Are you, You're not going to say sorry? You're even, like, I, You're saying bullying is bad, but you're not even going to acknowledge the bullying that you've been doing? That's that's what I'm seeing from a lot of these leagues. And like, That's what I'm seeing from a lot of people these days. Honestly, it's like, I appreciate you wanting to change. I appreciate you trying to put your best foot forward. I get that. I feel that totally. But... You should also do your part in acknowledging the past and acknowledging what was wrong before. So then you don't do that again and so that we don't have to see it again. So then we can all come to an agreement that it was wrong and keep it pushing forward. Speaking of pushing forward, the biggest piece of news from coming out of baseball um, this past week is a new format for the playoffs. If you remember, I was, this kind of makes me want to readjust um, my my whole baseball preview. Like I had all these, I was talking about all kinds of things, expecting only ten play, only ten teams to make the playoffs. They are having sixteen teams make the playoffs for this year. I I did not see that coming, but. That, uh, mm, that's very very spicy the way they're going to make it work is we only have three divisions in each league for baseball so they're going to have the top two from each division we'll go ahead and go to the playoffs that leaves us with six teams and then the two best third place teams will also make the playoffs that is huge 16 teams in the playoffs they're, they're, we're talking about baseball. I mean, this—they're—they're they're, they're basketball now. <laughs> They—they've gone all the way around, and that is extremely interesting because now, like I said, the top two teams from every division is going to make it. So, and then you're going to add two more third round teams. So before, when I was saying, "Oh man, the Cubs might not make the playoffs," or. The the Diamondbacks might not make the playoffs. The Phillies might not make the playoffs because there's only ten teams. There's only one. There's only uh, there's, there's only ten teams that get to go play, to the playoffs. Now we've just added a whole another three teams per league. So now the Phillies, Cubs, <laughs> and <laughs> the Diamondbacks can make the playoffs, just be if, off of finishing second and third. So this is very unprecedented. Um, they said they're going to have it could be kind of like baseball. It'll be um, one versus one versus eight, two versus seven and so forth. And I'm excited. Like I said, I think that between the 60 games being played and now we have this um, new playoff, new playoff bracket. I, I'm so excited. Like I'm actually pretty excited for this year. I think that this this year of baseball is going to be one of the more exciting if we can finish it. Obviously, we're with what's going on with the Marlins, like it's it's looking a little a little more skeptical, but a 60 game season and 16 teams making the playoffs, this is it'll be very interesting. It'll be absolutely spectacular. It will be a lot of fun actually. Like a lot of fun, I think the baseball is going to have a lot of fun this year. The problem is, we got to get it finished. We got to get, we got, we got to finish the season, and we got to get through all these things. We got. I I like what I was um reading and I was hearing earlier today from an analyst from baseball, and she was saying that literally the commissioner of baseball isn't directing. Like, you're the commissioner. You're in charge. You're the top. You're at the head of this. You need to be doing a little more directing. Every other commissioner, Adam Silver's on top of this. Adam Silver has backup plans on backup plans. He said it, and he's shown it. He's shown once we have some positives, once we have players in the bubble getting getting infected, they're out immediately. They're you're gone. <laughs> Obviously, baseball's not, not dealing with a bubble, but it's... <laughs> Like I said, like you you're the commissioner. You're in charge. You don't answer to anybody else besides in a sense the owners and the players. But they answer to you at the same time. Like you writing all their checks. So you gotta just be the leader. You gotta be the leader that they're looking for. You gotta put your best foot forward and you can't just be like, oh well, we got testing and if they get it, we're gonna test for it. Like, no, you have to be a little more assertive. You have to be a little more on top of it. You have to be you have to plan better than that. Like, you can't just say, oh, well, if someone gets it, then, then you know, well, we'll take care of it. Like, that's basically what it sounds like. It sounds like Manfred's just saying, hey, we got some good doctors, we're going to try our best, and and we're going to make sure no one gets it. Like, it doesn't mean really you're going to make sure no one gets it. You're going to try and do your best after someone gets it. And that's not the same thing. So I'm I'm actually extremely worried about baseball season, even though I'm very excited for it. I would love to see it go all the way through. I would love to see all these sports finish their seasons, but I'm worried about every single sport. I'm not sure that any sport's going to finish. And, yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure any sport's going to finish their season, but it's to be seen, and we're going to have to see it, and they're going to have to really, really put safety first. Not money first, not TV time first, not all these other things we have to put the people first these are human beings and that the, they entertain us you have to put them their 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 health and their interests first and i'm not sure the Manfred's is going to do that moving forward that, that we again thought baseball has been I, I keep on trying to tell people baseball is my third favorite sport, and I've been talking about it more than i have been talking about football. But baseball is back, so there's going to be a lot of baseball on the on the podcast. I, I'm not apologizing for it. You better start watching baseball too. <laughs> Moving forward, we're gonna go ahead and um, slide into basketball. I'll talk. I'll be a little a little um, winding. Um, Kyrie Irving, point guard for the. Brooklyn Nets donated has donated 1.5 million dollars to the WNBA to cover the salaries of those who chose not to play who opted out of playing or who couldn't play those who have um, medical exemptions as well Um, I've been I feel like I've with uh, Especially after his whole situation with questioning how fast basketball is coming back I feel like a lot of people started questioning Kyrie and like, oh, what is Kyrie even doing? Like, what's Kyrie doing for for people, for, for the situation? I never, not once, has doubted that Kyrie's out here. Kyrie Irving seemed like the most genuine, seemed like one of the more genuine people. Like, it, like he just cares about people and he actually wants to see, like... I'm, I feel like Kyrie's a little I, feel like I can I can relate with Kyrie a little bit. I think he's kind of like, so why is this just now happening? <laughs> like all these problems that we've ha- that we're having currently are problems that we've been having for the past 50 years. <laughs> so why like I, I feel like you do have to kind of take a step back and like you have to question people on like why what made you change? what made these things different for you besides the pandemic being outside and you not being able to go to work? What changed? What's the difference between now and 50 years ago, or 10 years ago, or four years ago? What's the difference between George Floyd's death and Trayvon Martin's death to you? Because the the activism and the support has been outpouring in 2020, but in 2020 we also have all been stuck inside. So I just want to know <laughs> what changed, and I can understand, Kyrie. Being the same way, and even Kyrie was asking, was saying the same thing that I've heard from a lot of other players. Even though basketball is a little more safe than other sports have been, Kyrie's wondering how safe is it really to be putting these players in this situation. And it it really does speak to the same Like it's an important question to ask. But I think Kyrie's is obviously a free thinker, so we should be used to that, and we should expect that. Speaking of the WNBA, the WNBA I feel has been doing quite a bit more for social justice for social justice than the nba players have and i'm i'm just wondering why this is a little it's a little interesting i've been kind of noticing it for a minute now obviously individually like the players do their own things and they decide whether to make it public or not or The media decides how public it becomes. Not everything gets a bunch of coverage. So so not, not everything is... Not everything necessarily has more... Not one thing has more value than another thing, especially in this fight for social change and for social justice. Everything helps. So there is no real, like... There isn't a lot of... Unless you're directly doing certain things, like like a lot of the WNBA players, like Maya Moore, who's been sitting out, she's been she's now sitting out for the second straight year to work on um, reforms. She's been working her butt off. She's been going absolutely ham. She's literally putting her career. She is an excellent, absolutely spectacular WNBA player. She could be in talk. She could be in go talks. She could actually have a chance to be in greatest of all time conversations and she is taking prime years of her career to focus on change and social justice and and reform in these systems that we know are absolutely racist or just corrupt or whatever it may be and even that like she's not the only one we've had I I can't remember her name right now I think it might have been Skyler no Skyler Dickens was pregnant I feel like there's another player who recently decided that they weren't going to participate this year in lieu of social justice. And it's not to say that basketball, like NBA players have to do that. It's really more so just showing respect and admiring these women for putting their careers on hold, doing putting what they love, the sport, the game that they love since they were little on hold. For such a serious thing like that It's just It's more so showing respect And admiration for them And not trying to bash Or put down the NBA players But Like The shirts The, the shirts Have happened in both sports um, However The national anthem We had the Obviously the season just tipped off For the WNBA this past week During the national anthem All The all the players just walked off. They just they all just went to the back. They stayed in the in the in the back during the national anthem. And I love it. I just absolutely love it. And I've been hearing reports, I heard some reports today saying that the NBA, the the there's a consensus of players who were planning on kneeling during the national anthem. My confusion was how my confusion was why why we've been playing games. We've had the scrimmage games. What are we waiting for? We have national televised games being played as we speak. So what are you guys waiting for? There is no like, oh, these aren't the serious games. This has nothing to do with the game. So I don't care how serious the game is. It could be your practice. If it was a filmed practice and they're going to perform the national anthem, why not me? Like, I'm... Now, maybe maybe I'm, I'm a little bit off. Maybe they're not um, performing the national anthem before the scrimmage games. I don't know. But like I said, consensus of players thinking about talking about planning to kneel before the national anthem um, when when the seating games start. I just don't understand what we're waiting for. I don't understand what the point of waiting is. I don't understand who you're waiting for. I don't get it. I very much don't understand. But it just kinda of sparked that in my head. Like, it seems as though the WNBA, both the league and the players, are literally putting their best foot forward and the NBA is kind of dragging along. They're kind of dragging dragging behind a little bit. Because you have the most outspoken players. You've been the most outspoken. You have probably the best commissioner in sports. Not even, I, don't, I don't even want to say arguably, but you arguably have the best commissioner in sports, especially when it comes to these kind of things. What's the holdup? What's wrong? Like, what's stopping you? Why wasn't this already a thing? Like, why, there's a consensus of players now thinking of kneeling? Well, what was stopping you before? What was... What changed? Again, like, what changed? (laughs) Then now you're thinking about Neely as if this wasn't already very much something that's kind of been in your face. Just me thinking out loud in a sense. Just, just, just what I, just interesting, just really interesting. Moving on. Speaking of the NBA scrimmages, I caught a couple of them. I tried to watch a lot of them. I tried to watch as many as I could. Um, I ended up catching a lot of the same teams. Unfortunately, I saw a lot of the Mavericks. I saw a lot of the Lakers, of course. Um, I saw I caught the Pacers. I caught um, the Celtics. I caught the Sixers. But I, I can catch everybody, and I, I've seen. I've definitely seen some highlights. I saw some some very nice highlights. It. Um, in the scrimmages, LeBron's looking very serious. Um, I'm seeing the MVP level of play that he's keeping up. That he he said it's it's kill mode. Like even if these games don't count, it's kill mode. It's championship mode. We in it. I'm in there, and we dogging. And I love it. And I can see it in him. He looked like he's having a lot of fun. He's he's enjoying the bubble. And that's that's the main thing. You want the players to enjoy the bubble. You don't want them to dislike the environment they have to play basketball in. So it's good to see they're enjoying the bubble. Um, like I said, LeBron looks very serious. I love the. Um, I didn't see the last game from the Lakers, but the second game, I loved the way Kuzma was looking. I loved the way he was he was playing. Um, just Jason Tatum said that this is the most fun he's had in practices since joining the league. So I think that that just isn't a testament to the camaraderie that's going on in the bubble that they have made it entertaining, that they have made it so then the players can enjoy life inside the bubble outside of going to going to work, going to play, going to practice, going to to the weight room, going to all that stuff that they have to go do. In their downtime they have plenty of things to do. Uh one I thought I felt as though maybe it was just because like the earlier games that I was seeing in the bubble, I saw the the pacers were playing against I can't remember. I think it was It was the Pacers versus Mavericks. The Mavericks have a, a good amount of bigs. They got Boban and KP, uh, Christoph Sporzingis. They're both <laughs> over seven foot tall. So when you're missing, the Pacers missing your two starting bigs, and you're playing Jakar Sampson, who I believe is 6'8", six, 6'9", six, at center to go against Boban Marjanovic, who's like 6'3", and just a giant, he can literally dunk without lifting his feet off the ground. And Kristaps Porzingis, who's same difference, just more athletic, it was a little ugly. But I I feel like the bigs might have a bit of a renaissance in the bubble. I think that shooting might be a little bit down. Um... Compared to pre-bubble, at least in the first couple of seeding games, I think that shooting will be down, so we'll be having a lot of putbacks, a lot of rebounds for bigs to just get the ball and and try and make a situation with it. So I think the I think bigs are going to have a bit of a renaissance in the bubble. I think they're going to I think bigs are going to are going to play well. in That uh, small that small ball is going to be very interesting. I don't know. I feel maybe it's the dimensions, maybe it's just the court. I feel like that small ball. I feel like small ball it can still work, and I think that it still works in a lot of different ways. I think that uh, like I was saying the Mavericks I, I, I enjoyed what I saw from the Mavericks and they're going to be a tough out in the first round in the second round in the playoffs because they, they run small ball well Luca's Luca's absolutely spectacular Luka looks like he's an absolute blast to play with I had a uh, I started making a list of likes and dislikes, but I thought I didn't really see enough games to really like expand on my list of likes and dislikes. Um, things that I liked was the Pacers and Mavericks shooting. The Mavericks in general I was really loving. I love Luka's um, distributing. Seth Curry's looking like an absolute sniper. Tim Hardaway's looking like a bucket, and he he's looking pretty good. He's looking a little um, Terrence Ross-esque. I feel like those two players have been kind of mimicking each other. They They're just... Buckets, just, they just—they just get buckets, and they're—I feel like every time I see them, they're doing something different. I feel like they're doing something that I didn't see them do before. So their bags are getting deeper, and they're just balling. They're just getting buckets. Like I said, KP, they—they they seem like they're playing. They—they're gonna—they might play a little more Marjanovic in the bubble, but like I said, if they play against Houston. <laughs> Boban's flat-footed and Russ is gonna blow by him every single time. James Harden's gonna have him in a spin cycle. and There's nothing you can really do about that. So we'll we'll see if it how how um the Mavericks play it all out with Boban. Um, I love that Ben's starting to shoot. Absolutely love that. Like I said, I like the Pacers' uh, shooting. Pacers I didn't know have. Uh, number five and number nine on the list for three-point percentage this year in uh, Doug McDermott, he's fifth, and Justin Holiday is ninth. That helps me to understand with Brogdon having such a bad three-point shooting year compared to last year, how they were still so good and how they were still playing so well. They've, they've been shooting well, and Sabonis has had a very good year. So I understand. And the Pacers, if they can shoot that well, they can get some upsets. They can they can upset some games, even in the playoffs. I think um, I'm happy that Oladipo's playing. I think he looked good. But even with Oladipo playing, I, I'm not too sure without Sabonis that that, that team's going to be able to be able to go too far. So I think they're, they're heading towards a first-round exit. But they might be able to pull off a win or two, and they may make it tough on whoever. What I wasn't liking in the bubble so far, what I wasn't liking before the bubble, Kuzma and LeBron together. It's just really ugly. I feel like LeBron, or I feel like, Not LeBron, but I feel like Kuzma kind of reels himself in a little bit and a, a, a little too much for sure. When he's playing with LeBron, I feel like he's a little too passive. I feel like... He gets the ball, and instead of trying to work with it, he'll just give the ball right back to LeBron. And I feel like he's been doing that all year. He's been doing that since LeBron got there, and he's still doing it. I don't like it very much at all. I want him to just call him off. Call him off. Just go take a shot. Go, go shoot the ball. LeBron does not shoot 100%. If you miss, you miss. Whatever. Next play. I do love that he's been playing defense. He's been trying. like <laughs> Kuz, Kuz, not that he's been playing defense, but he's been trying to play defense. Like I'm not saying Kuz is a good defender, obviously. I'm saying Kuz is trying. That's, all you, that's what you want. Stephen Curry isn't a great defender and I think he's underrated. He's not a great defender, but he tries. He tries his butt off. Um, another dislike that I had was the Celtics missing their stars. Kimba Walker is dealing with a little bit of a knee injury, and they're going to have him on a minutes restriction to start the seating games. I don't really like that very much. I like it for uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and their development, but between Kimba now having an injury that he has to try, try and catch up with and, and get through to get to full health and get to get back to playing his full minutes with, his, with the team... That doesn't really have, that doesn't have a replacement for him really at all. Um, They don't. Brad Wanamaker is a good rotation piece. He's a solid role player, but he's not Kimball Walker at all. (laughs) Carson Edwards could never be (laughs) Kimball Walker, but I mean, he could try, but he's not, he's not ready. He's not ready. He's not going to provide what Kimball Walker provides, especially with that kind of consistency. So uh, between Gordon Hayward eventually leaving the bubble to be with his um, wife and during the for the delivery of his child, and now you have Kemba possibly with an injury, I think I'm not I'm I'm really wondering if the Celtics are gonna do what they did before when Kyrie was gone and kind of like play up with everybody else being with with people being missing or with people being down for whatever reason. I'm interested. I think the Celtics play up usually and that they, they usually aren't going to go home without a fight and that they do have one of the best coaches in the league in Brad Stevens so I'm interested to see what happens I think between uh, Jason Tatum Brad Stevens and Jalen Brown the subject should win a championship not like this year but before it's all said and done I think that JT JT and Brad Stevens alone but especially, I think I like Jalen Brown a lot too, but I think the three of them together, I think that that should result in a championship one way or another, and it's on the front office to to put the right pieces around them and give them what they need. Um, the other, the a little bit of, of news we got this week in the NBA... Um, Tom Thibodeau signed a five-year deal to coach the Knicks. I think it will be very interesting. As I was saying earlier, talking about Jamal Adams, uh, Tibbs is going to have to go in there and change the culture, create a culture, really, because the Knicks don't have a culture. They don't have a direction. They don't really have anyone calling the shots, saying, like, oh, well, this piece goes here, so then we can do this, and then we can do that. Like, there's no one really calling the shots. So we now have someone who's going to better try and call the shots and try and give this team an identity. What the problem is is that Tom Thibodeau has a reputation for running his starters, running his best players into the ground, and just playing them and playing them and playing them into the ground. Now, these kids are going to need this between R.J. and Mitchell and between R.J. Mitchell and Dennis uh, Smith Jr. The kids need minutes, and Frank, Frank maybe. They need minutes. Dennis wasn't getting played enough last year, so you can't expect him to produce when you're not letting him play. RJ's just RJ is, is is their best talent, so they're going to have to play him. And he needs the time to to lead a team, to learn how to lead a team. And uh, Mitch Robinson's very good, very talented, but they were trying to figure out how to use him last year. And he wasn't getting played enough. So I think that it will be an improvement. Frank Nikita, I don't, I'm not sure if he's gonna be good. I'm not, I don't think he's gonna work out. I don't, I don't think he's gonna work out personally, unless he can fill out his frame a little bit and turn into an Ozzie Robertson or a Dort, Dort, a defensive, like, a defensive player who can give you a little bit of other things. I don't see him being very good at all. He ought to, he ought to catch up on a defensive side because he's a large. He's a large player, so he needs. He got to play defense and 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 acquire some consistency and we'll see the sky's the limit I guess <laughs> but I think that I like Tibbs to the Knicks I think that um those kids uh, Mitchell plays defense they have Julius Randle still and he he tries on defense he when when the team when things are going right he, he'll try so I think Tom Thibodeau can get that culture going a little bit and get them get get them to start being dogs like the New York Knicks, just go, go hire Charles Arkley as a consultant. I don't know. Just make them into dogs. Make them really want it. Make them really want to play. Like I feel like the Knicks just haven't tried in a, in a minute. Like let, Let's see the Knicks be good. Um, I'm going to be brief on the whole Lou Williams situation if you haven't heard. Clippers combo guard Lou Williams had an excused absence to leave the bubble from the Clippers. I didn't see what the excuse absence was four, but while he was away from the bubble, he went to Magic City, the strip club in Atlanta to get some of their wings they, they've been said to have the best wings in Atlanta, I've seen multiple pictures, they look absolutely delectable, there's no way these wings aren't the best wings in Atlanta I'm not going to lie, they look absolutely amazing and the fries look, they got crinkle cut fries too, so they look I don't I know, they, I know the Magic City is supposed to be a really good strip club, but apparently they have really good wings um, and it's just, it's been an ongoing story. I've been seeing a lot about it. I just thought that it's, I think it's, it's being a little overblown. I get, like, that they're supposed to be in championship mode and things like that. But if you have an excuse absence and you're already away from the bubble, you're already gone, you're going to have to come back to the bubble and get quarantined anyway. My man went to go get him some wings. I understand that the protocols are different because he was in a place that, like, a strip club, that, that now he has to... Um, be quarantined a little longer, and he, like I said, he's probably going to miss uh, the first game, maybe the first two games for the Clippers, so I understand the implications of it, but I mean, he's not putting anyone at, like, risk, and the Clippers are going to be top three in the West no matter what, I don't really see them falling to three, but even without, like, Louis I still see them, like, where the Lakers are... are, are Looking like they might be without Anthony Davis for that first game against the Clippers, that first seeding game. So, I mean, I think they might be fine without Lou Williams for a game or two. And, like, again, the Clippers aren't worried about anything. The Clippers aren't worried about anyone. I don't think the Clippers are scared to play anybody. So, whoever they catch in the first round, they they play in the (laughs) sweep. Whether they're the third seed or second seed, they're not going to be fourth, and I don't think they're going to be third. So, I think it's being a slightly bit overblown. I get saying, like, is he really focused? But I'll use that. Give um, me one quick second. I almost forgot one more thing. Like, as I was saying earlier, um, the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Glenn Taylor, is actually selling the team now. A former Minnesota Timberwolves great. The last MVP to come from Minnesota, Mr. KG, the big ticket, Kevin Garnett, is incredibly interested in buying that team. He's wanted to buy the team since he left. Uh, I believe that him and the owner, Glenn Taylor, had a little bit of a spat. They had um, different ideas of what was right for the team. And I, I think that um, Kevin felt disrespected, felt I can't remember exactly what it was. I think he felt disrespected about being traded or about comments that the owner, that the front office made about him after he left. One or the other. And ever since, he's like, Nah, I'll never be back there. But when it when it comes the opportunity, I'm gonna make that team mine. And that'll never happen again. I think it might have been about winning. I think that the, I think that the Timberwolves weren't serious about winning, and that's why KG ended up leaving to the Celtics. I think that might have been what it was. But now he's very interested in buying the team. He has a group already put together. They've already put in a bid, and it's to be seen. Um, as we've seen, as we're seeing with the New York Mets. So. You know, sometimes that money that money just talks too loud. And even though you see somebody who wants the team, who's going to actually try and take it to the to its best heights, and not just be trying to make money, as someone who's selling the team, you're selling it to make money. So you might just uh, we might just end up with another situation where they the where someone outbids the former player who actually really wants to win and wants to go help that team win. He might get outbid by someone who got deeper pockets. It's to be seen. Now, of course, we're gonna go ahead and end it off with the elephant in the room. My elephant for the room, my elephant in the room for this, this week is the coronavirus and sports. I really enjoyed having basketball and baseball back. I liked having something competitive to watch. I, I love sports through and through. I'm, I feel like I'm always watching sports, always talking about sports. It's such an instrumental thing in my life that it felt so nice to have sports back. However, we are in the middle of a pandemic, so it makes me feel uneasy. I worry about the players, I worry about their families, I worry about their kids, I worry about everyone. I worry about the people who are are out there putting their safety on the line, and I worry about the first sports death that we have due to coronavirus. Because once that happens, then these things, everything, the the it it might feel like the world's stopping again. Because if someone in sports dies from this, then it it, it's gonna be it's gonna be ugly. Because we already have players in basketball, players in football, players in baseball talking about are they really checking for our safety? Obviously, the coronavirus isn't a death sentence, but. With, it, it affects people differently, and people who have weakened immune systems, people like Javale McGee for the Lakers, he has asthma. So, being under, if he has to go under a ventilator, if his breathings are getting compromised, that could really have a giant effect on him, and it could, it could be fatal. Like I, I, I don't think that that's too far of a stretch to say. But that, that to me is the elephant in the room. That is what I think we have to look for. We have to look for going forward and even us as fans even though we want to see the sports even though we want to see these people play we have to demand that for the future of our sports for the future of our players to have sports going forward we have to ask that the leagues make sure that they're really taking this serious and aren't trying to force a season this year to save some money we've had shortened seasons before we've had lockout seasons before we've had canceled seasons before so wouldn't, it's not necessarily going to be anything new. It's not going to be like completely out of the blue. Like it's not going to be something that's never happened before. And it would be for a good reason. So my elephant in the room was just coronavirus and sports because I feel as, as as an avid sports fan, I feel uneasy. I feel it in my stomach. I feel like, man, like, should we really be still playing sports in the midst of a pandemic that isn't necessarily going anywhere, especially in our country? America's getting hit harder than a lot of other places are with this. So I think it's just quite interesting that it seems as though we are so we have so many sports that are just getting ramped back up and we really have no inkling that this virus is going anywhere. So I think it's a hundred percent gonna be something very interesting to see going forward in that obviously we're seeing it in baseball already. It's already starting. In baseball we we're, we're seeing not like the the commissioner doesn't want to call it a, a nightmare, but it's it's looking like we're getting to a bad dream, and this is my exact. This is I stopped myself from talking about this earlier. But i I really don't know, like if we're going to be able to finish a season. That's the elephant in the room: is are we going to be able to finish any of these seasons? Did we do all this? Did we start all this? Did the NBA spend all this money to create this bubble just for it to not even work? just for it to not follow through and are you not losing more money in that situation now because you set up this whole thing for it not to work for it not to follow through for you to only play a couple of scrimmage games and that be it so i think it's going to be very interesting going forward i think we all have to be safe mask up Keep your hand sanitizer handy. Wash your hands as frequently as possible. Every time you come back, if you go outside and come back inside, wash your hands. Just just do it. Just cut. It takes 20 seconds. At least 20 seconds. Just wash your hands. Keep your mask on. Stay home. (laughs) We are very much still in the middle of a pandemic. Despite sports being back. Despite life trying slowly and slowly, surely and surely to try and go back to normal. Things are not normal just yet. But that's my elephant in the room. I would like to thank you guys once again for joining me on another episode of Dame's Takes. It is much appreciated. As I said, mask up, wash your hands, stay home as much as possible, be safe, and be blessed. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for joining me. I'll see you next week, though. Dame out.